Well, there's bits of paper flying in here like there's no tomorrow. The reason is the extraordinary popularity of my next uh, guest uh, because, of course, it's time for the right hook, health Check up. You send me a text to 53106 if you have a problem. Uh, if it's a serious problem, I'll deal with it. If it's a common or garden one, Dr. Kira Kelly, my guest, will deal with it. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. Thank you, George. It's a much nicer guy on the radio than there was on the television during the week. Who, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'd forgotten we faced each other during the week on TV3. Now, this is interesting. 51. He is. And he's been experiencing a fuzzy sensation over his eyes where it's hard to focus. Looks as if I'm going to faint. Takes about uh, 30 minutes to pass. I try and ignore it in meetings and carry on. That sounds strange. Yeah, I, I don't like this one. Uh, and I know you always think I, I, I catastrophize, but um, what he's basically saying, he's getting some kind of a turn, isn't he? And he's yeah. getting a bit weak and faint and it passes then and he's getting some kind of sensation in his head. I think at a very minimum, he needs to go and have his blood pressure checked. He needs to go and have maybe a set of fairly routine bloods done. But there are, you know, there is a possibility the man is experiencing what's known as a TIA, which is a transient ischemic attack. He needs to be worked up for this. So he may need further tests like ECGs. What do you or mean worked up? He has to do uh, weightlifting? Or? Worked up as in he may need more in-depth tests like, oh, oh, like right. uh, an ECG, okay. George, and maybe a carotid Doppler, which is an ultrasound of the vessels in his neck. With the greatest respect to yes. our listener, right? Why the hell is he writing to you and me? If, if that happened to me, I'd be down to my GP clutching yeah, 60 quid in my hot little hand. You're always trying to put off our listeners from texting in. The slot will close down if you have your way. No, but um, true though. He should. I mean, if, if that happened, do you not agree? I do, but George, sometimes people need a little prod in the right direction right, well, because, because they're worried and they're yeah. afraid and isn't yeah. that normal? It is. And then they know they get on to the great catastrophe who will tell them ring for an ambulance immediately. All right. I'm taking the next one. Go for it. Um, would protein shakes be bad for you if you're doing intense training? Protein shakes are a complete waste of money. You'd be better off giving it to charity. I, I'm not a huge fan of protein shakes either. Uh, look, pr- protein shakes are a fad. They're a fashion. You know, people, people, you know, hoover these things back at great expense. And in the main, they do no harm. But bear in mind, they do put pressure on your, your kidneys and not everyone's kidneys can tolerate that. So that's worth bearing in mind. I, I think people totally underestimate the the, the effect on, on uh, liver and kidneys of all these trendy drinks that yeah. they're taking yeah. because they're not there's there's no testing of them there's no regulation of them there's you're quite right that. they could be made by you know the sweepings off my carpet you're quite right that sometimes protein shakes aren't all that they appear to be and there have been studies that have shown people are yeah. buying things unregulated particularly off the internet and when they're getting them it aren't just protein in the shakes there's testosterone in the shakes there's steroids in the shakes there's all sorts of things so you're yeah, quite right, right. Um, you want to get protein eat a couple of eggs oh yeah or a steak yeah exactly alright listen to me uh, this is a yachting question alright okay right up my alley what's the problem when you have a continuous sensation to poop I presume he's talking about the poop deck on a on a boat is he 
I don't think he is, George. I, oh, think, I think he's talking about a, a continuous need to, or, or a feeling that he may need to, to defecate. He oh. may have an incomplete... We always have these questions and I am very conscious that people are having the dinner, but some people do ha- have an incomplete emptying sensation in their rectum for whatever reason. Um, I would suggest... And there is nothing worse. It's the most, it's the most uncomfortable situation if you don't. I find reading a newspaper is a fantastic uh, antidote. Antidote, <laughs> but no, true. Well, you can stay there longer. Well, I think people don't stay there long enough. No, I'm serious now. Staying there too long though, though, though causes hemorrhoids. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because people are straining and they're not yeah. actually ready. If you're someone who's having a problem with this, first of all, you need to look at your diet and make sure, you know, everybody should be, and let's just spell it out, doing one soft stool a day that should be the consistency of toothpaste. That's what we're looking for for everybody. Uh, and if this person isn't doing that, then maybe they need to look at their diet. Right. But also if they're having problems <sighs> related to their rectum, I think that they may need to go and have a little checkup. They may even need a colonoscopy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colonoscopy is great these days. I quite enjoyed it when I got it. Now that they knock you out like it's a doddle altogether. Uh, what about this? My penis drive. Can we say this? My, I'm looking at my uh, producer. We can. It's after six o'clock. My penis dried up after circumcision. What can I do? Last week, you were telling them don't get circumcised. This week, they're circumcised. Never problem. What does this mean? I would suggest if somebody has had, and it sounds a bit like a recent circumcision, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like a recent circumcision, this question. Um, if there is scar tissue or dryness or that kind of thing, particularly because this is clearly no, an adult, because it, it's, it's sorry, an adult texting. This is exceedingly us. painful I, I if would, you have an imagination. I would suggest that this is somebody who needs to, for a period of time, perhaps put something like bio oil on their penis and massage it. And I'm not being... I'm not trying no, to be. No, you're not. I'm not trying to not. be rude, but no. but you know what I mean because this isn't a kid who's had a circumcision. But, but, this is an but, adult but, man but who's had a circumcision, but, and and the skin may not be ready. It's it's spent yes. a lifetime under a foreskin. It's not ready to be in the open but air. But you, I think it was you. Weren't you anti-circumcision? That nobody well, in the I'm world an, gets circumcised No, no, anymore. I'm anti-circumcision unless for medical reasons. I'm anti-circumcision. I'm anti-people mutilating their genitals. But it's not unless mutilated. Unless for a medical, you know, reason. It's not reason. mutilated. It to be more attractive as well. To who? Well, I mean, take your fancy. Pay your sixpence and pay, take your fancy. But it is more attractive. In fact, when I was... When I when I was in London playing rugby for London Irish, in the shower they were known as Cavaliers or Roundheads, which goes back to the English Civil War. Uh, do you know any cure for vitiligo? Vitiligo. Um, yes, vitiligo. You, you know what it is, George. You, you've seen people with it. It's where they have kind of a tan on their skin and then suddenly it stops and their skin goes snow, snowy white or kind of pinky. Have you seen that where people no. are just, they lose all the pigmentation in their skin no. in a kind of a blotchy fashion. Um, I'm sorry, listener, there is no cure for vitiligo and it's just one of those things that I think you're better off just to not worry about it at all. What do you know about vasectomies? I know a reasonable amount about vasectomy. Well, he had a vasectomy for... You have to be a fella to have a vasectomy, don't you? You do. He had a vasectomy four weeks ago. It took 25 minutes to complete the procedure. It's a very simple procedure. Yeah. But his left testicle is still quite tender. The right testicle is fine. But there is blood... In the the ejaculate? Yeah. If if I see the word blood, I immediately think, this is worrying. 
If you see the word blood, you're immediately... Any strange noises you're hearing in the background is my guest... Weeping, weeping into her microphone. Um, (laughs) No drinking her coffee. um, When you see blood, you think of cancer, but actually this is more likely to be post-operative, isn't it? This is a person who's had surgery very recently. Um, But the fact that four weeks in, he's still very tender, which is what he describes in the text... He may have a little infection and I, I would suggest he probably needs to go in and have a check to make sure that the wound is clean, you know, healing properly and that there isn't something going on that he might need an antibiotic or that kind of thing for. Do you recommend vasectomies? I think it's a very good form of contraception. But is it fixable if you change your mind? They used to quote uh, uh, reversal rates of vasectomies of about 10%. So one of the things you get counselled for before you have a vasectomy is the fact that you'll never likely be able to undo it. Um, so it's kind of a, a big deal to a man because you're basically saying I'm never going to you know, father another child which may or may not be something that, that that's a good idea. But couldn't you put away a few bottles and freeze them? <laughs> well, there are people who, who could, I suppose. But I suppose the reason people do it, George, is because they don't want to father any yeah, I suppose so, But yeah. now there are people who are quoting up to 70 to 80% success right. in reversing right. But it's an extraordinary number of fellas I know now, like in, in their declining years, having children. Would you, would you, would you favour that? Oh, no. I mean, I can imagine getting up in the middle of the night and, and, and you see, nowadays, if if I did it and I, and I got married to somebody else other than the lovely, I mean, they'd want me to kind of change nappies and no, they do would. all kinds they of would. stuff. I mean, it's just not on, you know. <laughs> so if anybody wants to give me a... But no, Let's no. moving on from this. Well, I'm really sorry for this lady. She has horrid diarrhoea. Why is there such an affection for the anus on tonight's program? I don't know. I have horrid diarrhoea with my period to the point I cannot go out. Help her, please. Her GP for 60 quid wasn't very helpful. I think this woman, and and you know I love to kind of be like Sherlock Holmes on these things, I think this woman may have a condition called endometriosis, which in effect it means that she is, um, it's where the, the tissues, George, that line the uterus that bleed under kind of hormonal control during menstruation, that exists outside the uterus as well. And I suspect that she has some of that tissue in and around her bowel. So during her periods, that's bleeding and causing her to have uh, diarrhea because her bowel is becoming affected by her periods. So what um, does she do? GP she needs, she, wasn't helpful? I think she needs to go and talk to, well, GP needs to refer her on to a gynecologist um, or possibly a, a bowel surgeon. She may need to have something cauterized, I would guess. I think she probably has endometriosis of the bowel. That's, like, there's no other real reason why she'd be getting such yeah. diarrhea likely during her period. Well, that's what I thought. Something needs to be done, though. I mean, it's ridiculous. Nobody should be nobody should be putting up with things that affect their quality of life to that extent. No, I agree. Anything. Which newspaper is best for making one want to poo, George? <laughs> this is my point about reading a paper. Uh, actually, I've gone off newspaper now, and I find the Kindle on my iPad has an even more dramatic effect. I, I would suggest now, if hygiene. You- there though George well if you use the Kindle on the iPad together with a big bowl of fruit and fibre in the morning they all work together in in harmony in harmony right uh, the uh, oh yeah no this is a question it's just come in the second we need an answer fast okay. for Linda eight months pregnant had a tooth filling today a okay. lot of pain she's worried about taking painkillers Eight months pregnant. She can take paracetamol. 
um, and, and pregnant women do take paracetamol and if she is in a great deal of pain she can do that. In extremis, in real sort of pain uh, occasionally women do take sulpidine in pregnancy um, and it's not considered um, hugely damaging in small amounts in the short term. Because by we, and large... We, yeah, we you, try and limit these yeah, things but yeah. if the poor woman is, is crucified with, with toothache um, there's nothing worse than toothache really, is there? Um uh, you know, she certainly can take paracetamol. She could uh, possibly take a sulfate. She should try and tonight maybe sleep with her head a little bit more upright on the pillow and maybe sleep as well, lying on the side where the tooth is not affected. So if she's a right tooth surgery, oh, I know what you mean. she should ri- lie on her left yeah. side. And of course, she can't do the one that my mother used to use when I was a child, just give me a shot of whiskey. <laughs> she can't do that. Actually, she could have a small whiskey. A yeah. small whiskey with two paracetamol, a little hot whiskey. What about, okay. yeah, oil of cloves? That was another one the mother was on about. Oh, yeah, I can't even smell oil of cloves without getting the heebie-jeebies. They always had that in, in dentists when I was a kid and it used to freak me out. It reminds me of, of scary times in dentists. This is a worrying one from Will, right? Over the past few months, I've noticed my jaw has been clicking while eating and sometimes mid-chew, the jaw locks can be quite painful. Yeah. Go to a dentist, I presume. No, not necessarily. Pe- people do get um, TMJ dysfunction, which is your, your TMJ, which is your, your uh, temporomandibular joint. It's the joint at the top of your jaw where your jaw kind your of ear hinges kind of. onto yeah. your skull. Yeah. Yes. If you look at, if you look at, at, at um, like, um, what do you call it, uh, skeletons, mm-hmm. you see that hinge. It's a hinge, exactly. Yeah. It's a hinged joint. And sometimes they go off, and they, and they do, and, and literally people need to either have have um, some physiotherapy or that kind of thing. Physiotherapy? Yeah, or yeah. sometimes people need to go to the dentist because they might be grinding their teeth which is causing a problem or that kind of yeah. thing and they wear a little a little sort of a gum shieldy type of thing in bed at night. Sometimes people go and see what's called a max fax, a maxillary facial surgeon about it too. It can be it can be fixed and adjusted. It's very annoying for people when they have it. Those guys are amazing. I, I know a fellow who's a max fax surgeon and there was a kid at a sports day was hit by a flying discus you know he yeah, the, yeah. the fella threw it the wrong way and he was hit by a flying discus in his face oh, wow. and the job done on the kid was just amazing yeah they are quite they are quite impressive yeah. what they do now started a new job Ronan says in tourism customer service I feel very tired and mentally drained is there anything to do I like the job you're supposed to be tired at the end of the day, Roland. Are you not? You are so unsympathetic. Um, th- this could Look. be just the stress of a new job, George, because you know yourself, there's that kind of a, a learning curve in any new job where you are the new guy or you're the new girl right. and you're always a bit tense and you're always worrying about proving right. yourself, okay. which which does put a mental strain on people. Yeah, you, what you could do, you know, what Kira could suggest is ring now for an ambulance, spend 60 quid with your GP, get an MRI scan, do a whole pile of stuff. Like just suck it up. It's no. a new Yeah, no. it's in go to bed earlier. Get an extra night's sleep. Maybe it's that, but you know what? What do we, how do you know that he's not anemic or that he doesn't have an underactive thyroid? You don't know. You don't know, Doctor. You Hope. don't either. I don't. But no, what I'm suggesting is the man gets a, a little bit of a checkup and if that's all clear, then we put no. it down to 
stress, hold on. stress of being the new guy and that'll pass. The problem with you, like all doctors, is you're so That super- I'm thorough and methodical. No, no. You're, you're just superior. You have a superiority complex to the rest of ordinary people. And therefore, you don't bother listening to the question. I started a new job a few weeks ago. Now, he didn't get anemia in the last couple of weeks, right? So therefore, wait a few weeks. If you're still tired in a few weeks, then then start ringing for an ambulance. But in the meantime, go to bed an hour earlier, take take a hot whiskey uh, and say the rosary and you'll be in great shape. All right. I've a dry scab on my temple, poor old Barry. It's been there for a couple of years. It's like a lesion. Yeah. Am I going to let you take this one? No, you can take this one. Okay, I'll take this one. Um, A scabbed lesion that's there for a few years may be benign. It may be just a bit of sort of uh, solocaritosis or one of those kind of age-related skin conditions. But it very possibly is a thing called a BCC or an SCC, which is a basal cell carcinoma or a squamous cell carcinoma. Carcinoma now has something to do with cancer. It is. It's a form of skin cancer. It's not multiple... multiple, Melanoma. It's not malignant melanoma. It's not that kind of a cancer. But it still might need to be removed. And most scabbed lesions that are there for a long time need to be looked at and probably the majority of them need to be removed. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with the ambulance in that case. We don't need an ambulance. We just need to go and see your GP. Pat Pat and Tippis, white spots forming on his eyelids. He doesn't see them now. He's forming on his eyelids, these white spots. I'm wondering, are these deposits of cholesterol? Um, they could be that because it, it's hard to know. They are more yellowy looking, but people do get deposits on their eyelids when they have raised cholesterol. So that could be it. Or the other thing, George, that people do get is they get um, sort of little little infestations and infections along their eyelids as well, where there's little mites and little infections. And we've talked before about eyelid hygiene for people. You know, when they wash their eyelids with, um, you know, the no more tears type of baby shampoo and they keep their eyelids clean. and, and uh, That's very interesting. Mm, because is. before you arrived in TV3 last Thursday, when I was being made up, the, the makeup uh, supervisor was very complimentary about my clean eyelids. Was she? Was she? So there you are. Now, this one. Last night, Kira, the wife noticed I have a small hole in the centre of my back. Now, this is a listener, not me. Yes. About the size of a pen nib. Yep. It's black inside. Yep. I suffer from boils occasionally and I've thought the hole was a boil forming. Any idea what it is? And then he has cheek to say, I've made an appointment from with my GP. Why go to your bloody GP then? We'd pay your sixty quid. We're giving you the info for nothing. He should pay 60 quid. You're very hard on our listeners. Would you leave them alone? Right. Um, yes, I do. I, I know exactly what this is. Oh, do you? We, I do, of course I do. He, he, I bet what, he sat on the pen nib. <laughs> this is really common. If I take off someone's shirt and look at their back, yeah? in a huge number of people I will see this. Uh, do you want to look? Uh, well, I take my shirt off. No, it's in no, the no, of really, no, really, it's in really. Keep it on, keep it on. Um, this is one of those pores that has become blocked and then stretched, and there's a build-up behind the pore of dirt and sebum. The dirt is what looks black. If you give it a squeeze, the dirty kind of black it's like plug, kind of acne, like the, a blackhead kind of. Yes, but it's a huge blackhead. There's yeah, a lump behind. Size it. Of if nip. you give it a squeeze, what will happen is the the dirty black plug will shift, and that'll pop out, and then white. 
a, a sort of a, a tail of white goo will come out behind it, which is sebum. And if you squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze it, you'll get most of it out. And suddenly the hole will be a bit, well, the hole will be the same size, but the lump will be a bit smaller. And then they refill over time. It's really common. People, because they Go don't. Away. Yeah, you can't really wash your back as well as maybe you'd like to. And, and pores do block and fill. Are you serious? I'm perfectly serious. I never, even when my mother was washing me in a tin bath in front of the fire, I didn't get uh, my pores. It's, it would be more up. a thing of adults, George, now than of children. I know. I'm, I'm, this is mine. This is mine. Go for it. James in Dublin I, is increased frequency of peeing, especially at night, disturbing sleep, worrying, or just getting old. Getting old, lad. All us old people, we do it all the bloody time. It's because your prostate is pressing on your bladder, so therefore you don't totally empty your bladder every time, you fully, and then in the middle of the night you have an inescape and in, in, in appalling desire to pee. Can I, can I interject slightly? You can try. I'm a better expert than you are. I'm a man, you're a woman. Go on. Well, What's I would, your proposal? My proposal is this is, is nocturia, which is passing urine at night. Once or twice is normal. But if James is getting up four or five or six times at night, something needs to be done. And it also kind of depends on what age he is you're too, gassing, doesn't it? You're you're off on the old catastrophe again. It's 90% certain that he's old. He just said, do you ever listen to the questions? Do you? Do you ever listen? He says, or just getting old. He's getting old. But we don't know how old but he you is. But told, you told me there was some other fellow like this and you said get an ambulance you know, if I you, never say get an if, if the stream is not as strong I've been standing there and the bloody thing wouldn't knock the skin off a, off a custard and I'm not panicking I'm heading off to some Neurologist? No, they're not neurologists. What U- are they urologist. Called? The idea of you. Urologist. The idea yeah. of you weeing on custard is is it will stay <laughs> with me and haunt me for the rest of the evening. There was a great urologist played scrum half for Black uh, for uh, Rockwell College on Munster called Mickey Butler. He was fantastic. Uh, a urologist called Mickey Butler. Mickey, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're getting in the act of the humour now, eh? Uh, oh no. What a polyps. I don't to worry about it. I've had them removed from my bowel, rose and cork. I know what they are, but tell me. Uh, polyps are what we call like pedunculated lesions. So I suppose a, a, to a layman, they're a bit like mushrooms. Do you know what I mean? They have a little stalk and a little wobbly bit on the top. But that, they're not cancerous, isn't that the point? They're not cancerous and, and they exist all over the body. However... In some instances, particularly in the bowel, they could be precancerous. And I'm not saying this to alarm our listener in any way, but people who have had polyps removed from the bowel need to have regular colonoscopy. So she is somebody, her, her surgeon yeah. or whoever, her gastroenterologist would have said to her, she needs to have a follow-up colonoscopy every one to two years from now on to make sure that no other polyps are regrowing or that polyps aren't turning because polyps can be an issue. And That's I'm not right. saying that in an alarming way, but she's a woman who, who should have follow-up future colonoscopies. Because, because that's true, like, because very often people have polyps and there's real ca- cancer scare and then they discover their polyps and they get them taken yeah, out. Yeah, we, like we mostly remove bed. polyps, yeah. Yeah, mostly remove them. Yeah. I met a girl in New York a long, long time ago. She was a rugby player, seriously. And she was frightened because in America, if you haven't got health insurance, yeah. like, you can't go to the doctor. And as it happened, uh, I took her to a cancer place up in Harlem. It was the most frightening experience of my life, right? Because taxis wouldn't go up there, right? But but in her breast, she had all these lumps, but they weren't cancerous. What do you call them? Were they cysts or fibroadenomas? Uh, fib- fib- 
fibroadenals. Fibroadenomas are it's like not scary for women though is, who you know, check for those things all the, the time. It is, but fibroadenomas um, are bits of grizzle, I suppose, is, is the best way of describing them and they're very common in young women so that you know 17 year olds 23 year olds most breast lumps in a girl that age are never going to be cancer you can never yeah. say never but so unlikely yeah. so they're almost all fibroadenomas but, it, but it's it's frightening for her like. oh god yeah because people hear breast lump and they think cancer no, actually it was much more frightening being up at the place <laughs> anyway I, I don't know why Paul in Dublin 12 addresses this question to you right okay fair enough he says hi can you ask Dr. Kelly about knee replacements? <laughs> right? The cheek of it. He's 55, 16 stone and due to have one in the next few months. Okay. One, don't be 16 stone when you have the knee replacements. Agreed? Completely agreed. The best thing you will discover is the best thing that ever happened to you because you will almost certainly be in pain and you won't have pain. Yeah, it'll help you, hopefully. Provided it goes well. Three, do the exercises. Uh, you have to do the exercises. Particularly after. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. A bit beforehand can help, but after, because you have something called, uh, what, what's the muscle around the knee? Uh, help me out. Your yeah. quadriceps? Yeah, you can have a quad lag. Yeah, you can. Um, you're absolutely right. So go right. to the physio. And bear in mind, 55 is young for a, a knee Very replacement. Very young. And I think, you know, this guy, Paul, is it? He, he should be thinking about his weight as contributing to his issue because your 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 sort of your your hips and your knees are weight bearing joints and if you're carrying extra weight all the time you age them more rapidly than they need to you need to have that knee functioning right the way up until you're you know eighty or ninety which means he may be looking at future knee replacements after this one because you don't really expect he's going to get thirty years out of a knee certainly replacement certainly won't get thirty no years, so yeah. so he really needs to look at his weight because he's someone who's prone to arthritis and he's carrying too much weight um, and you're right he needs to do exercises and and all that. Kind of stuff all that kind of good stuff what can a man do to boost his fertility are you asking did a listener ask this question George yeah, or, or, yeah. Okay. I'm not interested <laughs> I've no interest in boosting my fertility um, there isn't a huge amount you can do to boost your fertility there are Things that might boost your fertility. For example, turn off the heated seats in your car if you have such a thing. Maybe cycle less and, you know, not use jacuzzis and stuff. For what? <laughs> cycle less? Anything, because you're anything sitting that heats up the testes on an ongoing basis isn't ideal for you. Don't wear wayfronts. Uh, Boxers. Wear boxers. No, is that not right? Well, yes, but... but Anything that heats yeah. up the testes. Yeah. yeah, but truthfully, there isn't there isn't much you can do to, you know, radically boost your fertility as such. Um, Testosterone injections? Uh, not necessarily, no. And and, and there, there there's a difficulty with, with testosterone um, treatment as well that, that we won't get, get into on this question. But um, I wonder why this guy's asking us this question. I wonder he probably he has been trying to have a child maybe or something. If he's been trying to have a child, what I would suggest is that he needs to go and have semen analysis done. And that needs to be done. And then what happens is they look at the number of, uh, of sperm cells. They look at the motility of them to see how fast they swim and all that kind of stuff. See if they swim in the right direction, all that kind of stuff. And he may or may not have an issue. Yeah, but they can, they, you go and they can just tell you like they yeah. do tests. Yeah. But is it true that the female ones... Uh, travel faster when uh, implanted like by the male in the you egg. You mean the X, the X's as opposed to the Y's? Yeah, travel no, faster. No, the, the Y's are, are the speedy ones. The Y's zip in there. 
So but they're they don't the male la- ones. But they don't survive as long. But they're the male ones. They're the, they're the male ones. That's why it's so hard to get male children. Well, no, no, it, it, no. What happens is, is, is that the Y ones leap in there and zoom ahead, and they might get to the egg first, all right. But also, the Y ones die off sooner. So, supposing you, you, you have sex and that you've had intercourse, and the, the Y ones are, are racing along. But supposing you haven't ovulated just yet. Supposing you don't ovulate for two days, then you're more likely to have a female one because the only ones still hanging around are, are the X's. Apparently, Does if that you make do sense? it, if you do it immediately after ovulation, you've better chance of getting a male child. All right. Well, that yeah. would probably make sense. All right. Uh, Dr. Kira Kelly, uh, thank you so much for coming in. See you next Thanks, Monday. George. Pat Enright is looking for a vaccine against listening to grumpy old broadcasters. Incurable, absolutely. There is no known cure for listening to grumpy old broadcasters.